0: We are back with another Oscar contender, Nomadland. Welcome to the best movie of the year so far. Thanks for taking the time to be part of the show today. I am John Ellis, of course, on Twitter, at EllisOnMovies. Glad to have you back to the show that helps you determine the best movie of the year so far. 2020, as we've talked about, certainly a different kind of year when it comes to movies, but there were definitely some good movies, even great movies to be found. As a reminder, you can find today's episode and all the previous episodes on com. Of course, you can always subscribe at any of your favorite podcasting apps. So we're in 2021, but the Academy Awards nominations for 2020 are just around the corner. Until then, we're going to continue to celebrate and discuss those candidates, these movies that are sure to get mentioned on Oscar night. So over the next few weeks and even months, we're going to discuss the best of 2020 movies. Joining me over these episodes will be several several of my friends. Today I'm back again with Kate Stewart. As you know, Kate Stewart is a cinephile clinical psychotherapist whose research interests include film studies, dream therapy, and the role of pop culture, imagery, and narrative in the development of the self. Join us today as we deep dive into Nomadland. Fern, after losing her job and her husband, is living in her van, traveling the country, searching for work, and living the traveler life. She finds her way into a community in Arizona of fellow homeless, or she says houseless people, here, she learns from her fellow nomads' various skills needed to continue this life. Some of the people she meets along the way include her friend Swanky, who teaches her more lessons about being prepared after she blows a tire in her van, how to take care of your own poop, and other life lessons like that. I mean, along the way, Fern has a few odd jobs here and there, where she meets other people, including Dave, who is also living this nomad life. Dave and Fern each deal with their own family situations, Deciding if living with a family or living alone is the right path for them. That essentially is Nomad Land. Kate, welcome back. So I'm left wondering, is Nomad Land the story of the American dream? Taking your life on the road and living that life? Or is this a sad anti-American dream story? And maybe that's the point. What did you think?
1: Yeah, I think that, I think that is the point because, uh, you know, when we talked about sound, Sound of Metal, we kind of were talking about his running from things and sort of on the road and not being able to sit still with himself. And here, you know, I was thinking about that as moved into this movie, like, oh, is it going to be that same thing? Like, what is she running from? And really, it feels like she's, well, she's sort of a victim of circumstance. She's lost her home. And then, you know, it sort of feels like she's running towards something that is, unreachable which I we can I don't know if you want to get into yeah, that
0: go for it. Now
1: yeah. about about the goodbyes. Like that was a thing that stood out to me and I, I might I don't know if I missed it in the beginning about that she lost her home because it was a company house and she could no longer stay there.
0: Well that's a good point and a good time to sort of reset a little. We are told at the beginning of this true story of this plant closing in January of twenty eleven the plant is an empire in Empire, Nevada, and after 88 years of being there, it closed down. By July, the town was pretty much gone, and even the zip code was discontinued. So that sets the stage of why she is here and where she came from.
1: And, you know, it's not till the almost the end of the movie when she's sharing her story with the, the sort of head nomad guy, the one that they all go to meet.
0: The Santa Claus guy.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> about how she didn't want to leave the home because that's where her life was with her husband, and she was forced to leave. And if she set up house somewhere else, it would be sort of an act of forgetting the life that she had with her husband, which is, you know, as you know, I work with people... Who are, you know, facing all kinds of adversity, but I certainly work with people who are living through really intense grief. And I I hear that often from my clients about, you know, this fear of moving on or taking a next step because somehow the person they loved will then be lost to them. And, um, and then he gives her that little speech about, you know, see you down the road. And so she's kind of continuing down the road like, with this holding in mind that her husband will at some point be down the road. And I thought that was lovely because the, the notion of goodbyes really stood out to me throughout the whole movie, even up to that point. And I kept thinking, Oh, you know, she makes this connection with someone and then, you know, and it's a true and, and honest connection. and, And then they depart again, they come together, then they scatter and they come together and they scatter. And, I was just thinking about how difficult that would be.
0: And we should say that, first of all, No Man Land was directed by Chloe S- Zoe Zal. She also directed a movie called The Writer. I don't know if you saw that from several years ago.
1: I haven't, but I was reading some stuff about her after watching this, and now I'm curious.
0: It, it's good. It has uh, very similar uh, vibes, movements, scenery shots, I guess, as No Man Land. And it's also filled with a lot of non-actors as well. And I believe, and I have to double check, I believe the lead in the writer was a non, was a non-actor. Uh, so she's, she's used to this, doing this. And very similar, like, No Man of Land was a movie, I, cause I, when I was trying to describe it at the beginning, it's a, there's very little, I guess, narrative. So <laughs> there's a lot of, not much happens. Uh, at least on the surface anyways. So even in my description, there wasn't a lot to really say about the plot. I guess minimalism, hard to describe. But I did think she did, the director did a good job with, I mean, I'm sure she had any budget she wanted now because she's kind of getting to be well known and she could have done bigger things, but she really, I feel like she really kept it simple, intentionally simple Mm -hmm. on purpose.
1: I was going to say, did you, I don't know if, um, you saw this and I can't remember where I saw it, if it was in the Times or some review where, uh, Frances McDormand was interviewed and she said that when she was having that conversation in the movie with the Santa Claus guy, he thought that it was real. He didn't realize she was an actress. He, she, he thought she was just one of the rest of the nomads. And then after it was over, um, you know, he was expressing his his sympathy for her. And she said, well, no, you know, I'm I'm married. I have a home. My husband is Joel Cohen. I'm an actor. This is my job. And he's like, wow, how did you do that? <laughs> he was amazed by her.
0: Yeah, she's doing, she's doing okay. She's definitely not, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's definitely not Fern. So No Man Land, it was based on the book by Jessica Bruder and it was adapted by the director into a screenplay. I don't, I, I, for me, I think I may be more curious in the book than I, than I was the movie because I feel like there's a lot of details there. So that would be, I assume it's the same, a book of the same name. So that'd be interesting to, to see. You mentioned Frances McDormand. She's obviously the star. Of this she has a natural style to her that it never it never feels like she's acting. And obviously, it's it's very difficult to make it look that easy. But uh, there's something about her that just she can show confidence, fear, and just loneliness, and just the one one look. She's very stern. She's very good.
1: She is. Do you think she's gonna get a nod for an Oscar? I would think so.
0: Yeah, I'm sure she'll get a nomination. This movie will probably get at least six nominations mm-hmm. best picture director actor screenplay probably editing and then you mentioned the cinematography that'll probably mm-hmm. uh, get noted but I still think we could have had all that well not all that but the this the, the cinematography the editing and that could have just as been easy in a in a documentary and I thought more dare I say more enjoyable
1: if you just removed Frances McDormand, it would have been a documentary.
0: And that's the other, I, I don't want to sound like I don't like the movie. I liked it, but that's the other thing. I, um, I don't know if she was needed. As awful as that sounds, it feels like it just felt like I just didn't care about her story. I, I wanted to know everybody else's story and what, the, where they were coming from. She, I never really felt empathy or sympathy or enough about her to really. Bond with her that much
1: Yeah, I Now that you say that I I I'm not trying to convince I'm not trying to
0: convince you Not to like it, by the way
1: No, I know yeah, well I'm realizing I didn't really have I mean, it was the same I didn't have Real empathic bond with her But I do like The sort of narrative Through line that, Like It's She's the one that they're following And You know And then she meets These other people So she's kind of the thread That pulls All the other pieces together So I like that. I mean, I guess you could do the same with just a person and follow them, but, you know, the, the story about the loss of her husband and, um, the sort of searching internally, externally or whatever is going on there, you know, I think adds just a little bit to it that would, that gives it a little lift from like just being a documentary. Um, I also really love the, how she tricks, I don't, I don't know if it's a better word for it, tricks out her van. You know, she's like building shelves and she's, you know, utilizing what material she has access to to make the inside of her van like a home. And then when the van breaks down, they're, you know, like, Oh, you should just sell it. And she's like, no, like I've put all this work into it. It's my home. That was, that was really touching to me. Yeah. Like, how, yeah. how she, you know, this, this wasn't just a van. It's not just a, means of transportation it's more of a home that can move instead of something that can move that also serves as a home she was trying to make it somewhere and there were times i think where wasn't it when she was at i think her sister's house she couldn't sleep in a bed she actually went back out to the van to sleep
0: yeah the vanguard that's what she called her van
1: oh yeah yeah (laughs) and i was i was just thinking about the sort of american dream or american nightmare and how it's potentially both but I was thinking about um, those scenes where you know she's sitting out in her her lawn chair watching the sunset and like these most beautiful of places. Like this is just her front porch is the Badlands or it's the ocean or and you know part of me is like that sounds really great <laughs> that I wouldn't mind that.
0: I didn't leave thinking this sounds like a good life. I could do Mm-mm. this. I was just the opposite. Just sounded lonely, and, and realized how much we need, we need people in our lives. Mm-hmm. Even if we don't see them like a family, we may not see them all the time. But you know, we need them to some extent. Yes,
1: <laughs> see them, see him down the road.
0: Yeah, and maybe you know, this past year is not a good example of that. But
1: what do you think about the? Uh, I'm not going to remember the actor's name.
0: Yeah, uh, da, he's in da, so many da, things. David Strathern.
1: He's that guy. (laughs) And, yeah, what do you think about him and, you know, his, you know, he clearly had feelings for her, at least was looking for companionship with her. That relationship was interesting. He
0: definitely did. There was a few times he kind of, uh, like, literally fumbled over his words and and broke her dishes at one point. You just felt, she's like, just go, just go away. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I definitely, definitely think he did. Um, and I, for a while, though, I thought maybe she did too. Maybe she did, but she, like you were saying, she didn't want to have those feelings. So she pushed, pushed him aside and moved on. Um, I mean, from an acting standpoint, I, th- I thought he did a good job. And I love the, I feel like there was this parallel path between these two people. Um, and one, one went a different direction at the end and one went one way, but they were sort of both mm-hmm. on the same path. And, and she had to sort of make that decision too. If she wanted to do this or what. And
1: I was just going to say, I, I used to have a lot of, Impatience with slow movies, and I and I don't know if COVID or the fact I watched lots of silent movies or all that has changed, but I actually now really enjoy movies that are that take their time, but that are visually beautiful, like just allowing yourself to take in the visuals over even just narrative. So I I really appreciate that. Also, thanks to Stanley Kubrick because
0: goodness
1: he, <laughs> he makes a lot of movies that have a lot of dialogue and they're just the most amazing things to watch in the whole world
0: <laughs> yeah I, I uh it's funny you say that because I, I thought about that when I was watching this and afterwards think, thinking about you how you have a affection for the silent movies so so you could probably take the uh the quietness a lot better than a lot of people can where sort of nothing happens for a while but yet underneath that a lot of stuff is happening and I just felt that like was more probably more up your alley than the average viewer
1: mm-hmm. yeah and what comes to mind this is so off <laughs> off, the, off the road from where we're at but is Barry Lyndon which is has such little dialogue but it's I it's so engaging but it's it just sucks you in and it's just so visually amazing that you can't take your eyes off of it and that that's how I felt here was it was visually stunning and but uh, but the you know everything else was very subtle and I I really appreciated that. Oh, I love and I love the scene when she gets she strips down and goes in the river. I think it's just beautiful.
0: How, do, how are you left feeling about Amazon? This movie. Good, <laughs> good, bad. You know, I don't I don't know how we're supposed to feel. Um,
1: we get to see the bones of the inside, yeah. which I've always been curious about. Like, what's it look like in there? Um, I,
0: mean, I mean, in one sense they. I mean, they're providing jobs to people, so that's good, even if it's just seasonal work, so jobs are good. But it's something about it still rubs me the idea wrong about this idea of the company leaning on the backs of retirees with no other options. And this is very, oftentimes, it's very physical labor. And and they know, and Amazon knows, that this is their only option, so complaining is not really an option. So I'm left like, I'm I'm torn on how I'm supposed to feel about them.
1: Right. Well, I definitely have feelings about Amazon. <laughs> In there, you know, I am a, a walking contradiction because I really don't want to spend money at Amazon, and yet I do. It's so frustrating.
0: So last time we talked, we talked about sound of the metal. So I guess the easy, quick question is, which one do you like better? If you had oh, a-
1: best movie of the year, I got. Now I got to pick. I know what you'd say.
0: Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I I'll stall while you're thinking. I definitely enjoyed Sound of Metal better. I thought this one of a filmmaking standpoint had a lot more better qualities like stuff like the, the cinematography and the way it looked and it's a bigger movie. As far as what I enjoyed better, I definitely enjoyed Sound of Metal better. It felt like it had a story to it and a, a plot and an end. I'm not I'm still not quite sure what the plot is for Nomadland and um, I enjoyed aspects of it, but I don't really know what the point of it was and why we cared about fern
1: gosh it's so hard because I I agree with you that I think nomadland land is a aesthetically better film it's 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 so good to watch but you're this, yeah the storys not as, it is not as detailed I don't know that's such a hard call for me because I really did like them both a lot I'd probably have to inch out Sound of Metal, just, just by a hair. <laughs> like down, yeah, photo finish, right? Like, just a hair. I think they're pr- pretty much on par. I think I gave them both four stars. But uh, I, I do think that there's a, 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 a narrative and a point to Fern's story, because I really think it, it really gets to the heart of, of grief. It's something, but it's not a super clear narrative, it's that felt narrative of because it, it really hit me when she was talking about not wanting to leave her home and not wanting to settle down and what that meant to her, it it sort of tied everything else together, and that, I think that's the that's the narrative, which I really appreciated.
0: Yeah, and in fairness, you're you're coming from a point because you deal with this on a daily basis, mm-hmm. so I, I don't have that uh, perspective. Perspective, sure. sure. That makes I'm sure it makes a difference.
1: But yeah, but, but you don't get to that till right at the end. And so if you're, as you're going through the movie, I think I'm more in line with you.
0: Yeah. And there was, and when I watched it a second time and knowing kind of how, where it goes, there was little things I noticed. And I, I, there was one part where I kind of rolled my eyes a little bit because I felt like they were setting us up to how this is going to end. Like at the very beginning, first thing she's doing is moving boxes out of a storage unit. And she mm-hmm. just, she just grabs onto what we now know is her husband's sweater and just kind of sniffs it. I was like, oh, come on. I, I don't something about that, just like, oh, yeah, we get it. You miss him. <laughs> Maybe I just don't have the sympathy that I should have.
1: Oh, he got a cold, cynical heart. Yeah,
0: that's me. <laughs> so wrapping this up, my final thoughts on Nomad Land. It's a good movie. It just wasn't a great movie for me. There are some interesting stories here to tell of many of these real life travelers. Who are they? How do they get here? How does daily life work for them? But we didn't get those stories. We got Fern's story, a character, as great as Francis McNormand is, I just didn't care about. I would have much, much rather have seen a documentary of Nomadland, still including the same beautiful golden hour sunsets, but with actual people telling their stories. But that's just me. Kate, thank you so much for being a part of today's episode and talking with me about Nomadland. Listeners, as always, thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe so you're the first to know these new movie episodes. Join the conversation online. Let's talk about even more movies. As you know, you can visit us at ellisonmovies.com and, of course, on Twitter at ellisonmovies. Leave me a comment in your favorite channel. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this movie. But until then, wear a mask when you're out and watch a movie when you're home.